Here's the happy music. Welcome everybody to episode 16 of the Reawakening Podcast. I'm Brian Ingraham. My heart is to see our whole generation reawakened to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Today we're going to talk about what might be the most spiritually powerful and impactful thing that we can do to seek to hear from God or get help from God. We're going to talk today about fasting, and not just one-day fasting, but multi-day fasting. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to you as an individual about setting aside some days for prayer and fasting. My, My experience for the last five years, I set aside three times a year to fast and seek God for approximately five days, sometimes more, but three times a year to see breakthroughs in my life for answered prayers, to hear from Jesus about anything he might want to say to me, and just to draw close to Jesus. My starting point for these fasting weeks is is basically five days, depending on the season. I once did a 21-day fast. I think I've also done a 10-day fast a time or two as I've, I've gone through these last five years. All that to say is I have lots of experience when it comes to fasting. And although I remember the fear of anticipating my first multi-day, five-day fast, the fruit of it, the results of fasting have moved me from intimidation when it comes to week-long fasting to anticipation. It is now very common for me to move forward the fasting weeks closer in time because I know how powerful they can be, how rewarding they can be. Sometimes I'm just desperate to hear from God and I can't wait any longer and I just want to move up those fasting weeks or I'm desperate for breakthrough and I, I just need to move up those fasting weeks to, to, to seek that that pre-ordering of miracles. And and that's what I think of fasting week as, pre-ordering miracles from God for the next season. If you're part of my church, if you're part of Rehope in Glasgow or, or Belfast, we have a fasting week every January where we say no to food. You know, no food at all. You can drink whatever you need to drink or whatever you want to drink, but we say no to food and we do that together as we seek God as a group. The only thing more powerful than extended fasting as a person is when a group of people together fast and seek God. But that's outside of the remit of our podcast today and what we're talking about today. Now, obviously, not everybody can or should fast for five days or even one day. But all who are healthy and able, I shamelessly challenge you to to give this a go. There's some people in in our church, specifically here, who are pregnant or nursing. They should not be fasting. Sometimes people have exams or or, uh, jobs that are physically demanding or or just require a a precision that, that, that... means that they they shouldn't be fasting. Um, I know I, I have people in my church who have jobs that just demand such concentration. Nobody wants eye surgeons fasting, right? Nobody wants that for for a week. Um, there are some people who are on medications, and you don't want to mess with. Uh, not eating under most medications. Some people are underweight and they should not go five days without eating. Uh, Others have health issues. There's lots of good reasons not to fast, 
where you where you shouldn't fast. But for those who are healthy and situationally able, I, I love to challenge people to push themselves not to give way to the fear, and I mean the very real fear connected to this idea of not eating for five days. And to join myself when it comes to our church and the elders of our church bombarding heaven for breakthroughs for for their lives, for our church, and for the year ahead. Again, I just want to say our fasting week as a church isn't really about that week. And when I do fasting weeks for myself as an individual throughout the year, it's not really about that week. I mean, I would love it if all the miracles and breakthrough would happen when I am fasting. But... But for me personally and and for our church, it's more of a week about bombarding heaven for for miracles, for pre-ordering God's breakthrough in in our year ahead or pre-ordering revelation in the year ahead. Okay, so let me go ahead and dive into talking about biblical fasting. Now, I differentiate biblical fasting from other things that are called fasting in our generation. And in our day, we can abstain from a wide variety of things and say, well, I'm fasting from Xbox or PlayStation or Netflix or anything like that, maybe social media. And that's good. And and if it's given up for God, it's not nothing. It's great. Go for it. And if that's your your plan uh, for, for the days ahead, especially if you're not able to go without food, I bless that. I bless that. It's legit. It's a sacrifice. Praise God. Do that. However, biblical fasting is is about not eating food. When Jesus talks about fasting in Matthew chapter 6, he assumes that his followers are going to fast. He says, when you fast, not if you ever fast. When Jesus talks about fasting, he's talking about not eating any food. Most of the Jews and all of the Pharisees in Jesus' day fasted two days every week from food. Two days every week from food. On Mondays, they would fast, and on Thursdays, they would fast. Most Jews and the Pharisees. After Jesus rose from the dead, starting in those early years, the followers of Jesus, not wanting to be like the Pharisees, also fasted twice a week, but their practice was to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. Twice a week fasting, For Christians, this was the common practice of the followers of Jesus for about 1,800 years. In fact, in Scotland here, the names of the week in Gaelic, the word for Wednesday means the day of the first fast. Thursday means the day between the fasts. And the word for Friday means the day of the fast. How fasting was practiced in Jesus' day was that they fasted from sunrise to sunset and then broke their fast with a simple meal without meat and without alcohol. Roughly a 12-hour or so fast, skipping two meals depending on the time of year. John Wesley in the 1700s wrote, I feel there are thousands of so-called Methodists in England and Ireland, both who, following some bad example, have entirely left off fasting, who are so far from fasting twice a week, they don't even fast twice a a month. (laughs) Oh man, you know who you are, right? He goes on to say, Wesley goes on to say, the man who never fasts is no more on the way to heaven than the man who never prays. Uh, Wow. Wow, right? All that to say, it's only in recent times that fasting has nearly disappeared. But God is reawakening 
churches again, people again, Christians again, in Scotland, in Northern Ireland, around the world to boldly recapture this most powerful God-pursuing practice, the most powerful breakthrough practice given to his people. Now, just I know I don't need to say this, but we know that our salvation does not hinge on fasting. Um, that, that stuff that John Wesley was implying, that the, the man who never fasts is no more on his way to heaven than the man who never prays, that we know our salvation isn't connected to that. But, but hopefully our desperation when it, sees, when it comes to seeing breakthrough in our lives is, is very quickly and, and normally connected to fasting. Prayer is powerful. Fasting and praying together, uh, it, it supercharges prayers. Now, before I, I say anything else about fasting, I want to make something very clear to you. God is still going to give you good things this year, whether you pray and fast or not. God's going to be good to you. He's going to do good things for you. He he loves you. You're not fasting in fear that God won't do anything good for you or hear any of your prayers if you don't fast and pray. The reason that I'm challenging you to fast and pray is because there is much more and much better and much quicker available via prayer and fasting than without it. Let me just say that again. There is much more and much better and much quicker available via prayer and fasting than without it. Your year, your next season, whatever happens is going to be better and more God-helped because of taking a week of prayer and fasting. God is going to do more and better and quicker in your life because you are seeking Him in this most powerful way. What kinds of things in the Bible do we see that people pray and fast about? Well, they, they fast in repentance. And we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 7, 6. It said that the people, they fasted that day and they confessed, you know, we have sinned against the Lord. There, there's fasting when it comes to repentance. You just realize you're off track and you want to get back right with God. It's very appropriate when you find yourself sorrowful and repentant and broken over your, your life and your behaviors, uh, uh, not just to plead with God to forgive you. I mean, God will forgive you. That's a promise and that's done. But, but to grieve your sin with fasting. Actually, many people find freedom from sin patterns via extended fasting. They're saying no to food, which they crave, which also increases their willpower to say no to other sins that they crave. So there, there's, there's fasting and repentance. We see that in the Bible. There's also fasting and grief. And disappointment. We see that in 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 12, uh, how the people, they mourned, they wept, and they fasted until evening for those who had died, died by the sword. There's also in the Bible fasting for safety and protection for the days ahead. Maybe you look ahead and you're like, I, I want God's safety and protection as I move forward into this next era. We see this in Ezra chapter 8, 
Ezra proclaims a fast, and he said it. He said that they proclaimed a fast so that they might humble themselves before our God and ask Him for a safe journey for us, for their children, and for all their possessions. Later on in the chapter, it says, "So they fasted and pleaded with our God about this, and He granted their request." Now that's a good example in Ezra of pre-ordering God's help. They weren't ordering God's help and protection for those those three days. I think it was. But, but for the days ahead. Um, also in the Bible, we see fasting to seek answers from God. We see this in Daniel chapter 9, how Daniel turns his attention to God for, for, for understanding. And he prayed and petitioned and he fasted with sackcloth and, and ashes. Uh, just to seek, seek answers and understanding from God. Um, we also can fast in the Bible, fasting for what to do next. Or... Um, when we're beginning a new season. In Acts chapter 13, that you have this situation where the, the leaders of the church are, are ministering to the Lord with fasting, and the Holy Spirit during that time said, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have for them. And so then after they fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they, they sent them off. Fasting for new beginnings, blessings of new ventures and new eras, fasting for maybe, God, what do you want us to do? That's all very biblical, very good biblical use of fasting. There's also fasting for favor and for help from God. And we see that in the book of Esther, right, where they Esther gets all the nation to, to not eat and drink for three days. And again, uh, that is an extreme fast. I do not recommend that, an extreme fast. And they, and they fasted for favor and help for God. A lot of my fasts are connected to that, fasting for favor and help from God. Now, as I just kind of run through that, that, quick, that quick list, um, fasting and repentance or grief and disappointment or for safety and protection or to seek answers from God or for what to do next or in the beginning of a new season or fasting for favor and help, I bet as I go through that list, the things have been mentioned there where you're like, oh, wow, that's, I personally really want God's help or God's direction or, or something. I really need it. I, in, I invite you to bring that desperation, that very biblical desperation into your, your time of fasting. Two years ago, I was personally at a place of desperate desperation. And I say that again, desperate desperation. I was ending the year and, and in just such a desperate place to see God's help and breakthrough. That drove me to the longest season of prayer and fasting in my life. It was 21 days. It's like, why did I do that? Well, I was just getting to the end of the year and I was looking at my life in the church and I was desperately desperate for God's help. Have you ever been there? For his intervention for his guidance, for his direction. And I find myself in, found myself in so much need for God's help that in my desperate desperation, I decided to do the only thing that I know how to do and, and to humble myself before God with prayer and fasting, intentionally weakening myself before God, to humble myself without eating food, pleading with God, to finally act and answer to prayers or to give me guidance or direction. Usually when I'm fasting, God speaks extra clearly. But it's not unusual for me to hit day four or five after of a five-day fast still feeling like I've not heard anything from God. Sometimes I don't even hear from God until a week or two after fasting. So much about fasting, like I've said before, is biblically, it's about pre-ordering revelation. Now, I do hear a lot of it during the time, 
But again, don't freak out if that's not your experience during the fast. Keep your ears open, your eyes open for answered prayers in the weeks to come. Now, I say that, you know, that idea of don't freak out, but truthfully, I, <laughs> I tend to freak out. I tend to freak out even though I know that fasting is way more about pre-ordering miracles and revelation and God's help uh, than receiving them during the fast. I, I remember during that long fast, that one long fast, that 21-day fast, after 19 days, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. It was one in the morning. I was on the couch at one in the morning pleading with God for breakthroughs still in this desperate, desperate situation uh, and still not seeing ev- any evidence at all of God's answers to my most urgent prayers for the church and for my life at that time. But I, I did learn something that night after 19 days. And I was just reminded that most of the time, the results and rewards of our fast are not given until after it's done. It's about persevering in your fast. God, I'm going to humble myself for this period of days, five days, 10 days, 21 days. I'm going to humble myself with fasting before God. And then when God sees us fulfill our commitment, fulfill our fasting season, very often then... Then is when the breakthrough happens. Now, there are examples of of breakthrough happening during the fast, like Daniel. Daniel is an exception. He prays and fasts until breakthrough happens. But most of the time in the Bible, they fast and then they eat and then the breakthrough happens. Like Jesus. Jesus fasts for 40 days and then he stops fasting and starts eating and he moves then forward into ministry with power with power and, and breakthrough after he stops fasting. The, the Ezra example from earlier, they, they fast together, then they start eating and they start journeying and God protects them. Fasting weeks usually for me are like the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel, the time where he went to the summit to the very top and he put his head between his knees and he prayed as hard as he could for rain. Now, in that story, God had already told him that he was going to send rain. But there was Elijah praying as hard as he could while others went to eat and drink. He was not eating on the top of the mountain. Instead, he was praying as hard as he could. And then he would send a servant to go and look for any evidence at all that his prayers were being answered. And his servant would go and look and come back and say these words. There's nothing <laughs> And so Elijah would keep sending out his servant. There's nothing. Over and over again, he's praying. He's not eating. He's sending a servant six times while others are eating and drinking. There is nothing. There is nothing. He was praying and praying and praying as hard as he could. Zero evidence as he prayed and fasted for for any answered prayers. But he kept praying. And eventually, there was breakthrough. If you're like me, there are things that you've prayed about and pleaded with God about and never seen any breakthroughs in. And chances are that some things that are hugely important to you, you've given up praying about because nothing was happening. Mark Batterson, uh, he's an author. He reminds us that very rarely are our prayers answered as quickly or easily as we'd like. By definition, praying hard is hard because it's hard. 
but it's the prayers you pray when you feel like you want to quit praying that can bring the greatest breakthroughs. Wow, thank you, Mark Batterson, for that. And that's what, that's what fasting weeks are about. Powerful fasting and praying for the greatest breakthroughs. It's about praying again and not giving up on those prayers. In, in the words of Jesus, this week is about keeping asking, keeping seeking, keeping knocking until the door is open, until the door is open to you. One particular story when I'm reading the Gospels that jumps out at me when it comes to this idea of persevering in bold desperation, you know, that the desperation that would drive someone to fasting, bold desperation, um, is in Matthew. In fact, I was reading Matthew this week for my Bible read-through, and, and I found, uh, I found this, this passage so encouraging when it comes to being bold and persistent and not giving up when it comes to calling on God for, for seasons of prayer and fasting. I'm looking right now at Matthew chapter 15, and I'm starting in verse 21, and, and I read this. It says, When Jesus left there, he withdrew to the era, area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. This woman wants breakthrough. She was desperate for breakthrough. But who is this woman? This woman is a Canaanite. A Canaanite. Now, if you're tracking the story of the Bible, of all cultures, of all civilizations, of all people groups, there is no one less likely to receive anything good from God than a Canaanite. She is the most unlikely and most unworthy of all people to receive anything at all from Jesus. Now, maybe you feel this way about you. Maybe you feel based on your life, your situation, your sin, your compromises, your failures, or however your life has gone for whatever reason, maybe today you feel like the most unlikely and unworthy of people to receive any help and breakthrough from God. Watch this story. She is the most unlikely and most unworthy, but what happens with her? Verse 23, Jesus did not say a word to her. His disciples approached him and urged him, send her away because she is crying out after us. So she, she goes to Jesus in desperate desperation and Jesus answers with silence. Wow, Jesus answers with silence. I know all about what that's like, don't you? I mean, you call out to Jesus, Jesus, help me, or Jesus, act, or Jesus, intervene. Jesus, help me know what you want me to do right now. Speak to me, Jesus, guide me, lead me, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and, and it's just like silence, nothing. And chances are, after praying for a while and getting silence, you do what most people do, and you stop praying. Maybe you're fasting and you've been fasting for a couple days and you've not heard anything from God and you just be like, oh, this is worthless. And so I'm going to do what most people do and I'm just going to stop fasting because I'm not hearing. Silence is no reason to stop praying. Silence from Jesus is no reason to stop fasting. No answered prayer is no reason to not keep bombarding heaven for breakthrough. Not seeing answered prayer is no reason to stop. So 
Jesus answers with silence. The disciples urge Jesus to send her away. And then what happens? Well, in verse 24, he, Jesus replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So when Jesus finally does say something, his basic answer is no. I'm not here for you. I'm not here to answer your prayers. Let me talk about discouraging. Jesus gives this woman a discouraging answer. A highly discouraging answer. And I bet many of us know what it's like to pray and feel discouragement. What do you do when you pray and pray and pray and finally get a discouraging answer? What do most people do? They give up. They stop. They stop praying. They stop fasting. What does this woman do? Well, in verse 25, but she came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. This woman keeps asking, keeps asking, keeps pleading, never giving up. Family, pay attention to this. This is gold. And, and when, whenever you decide to do your, your times of fasting, extended fasting, you might be on day two and feel discouraged or on day four and feel like nothing's happening. Remember this woman, she has received silence. Then she received discouragement and she keeps on asking. Maybe you're fasting for breakthrough or direction or for help or, or maybe for the last, the exact same thing as you fasted about last year and maybe for the last five years. Maybe you've seen zero progress and haven't seemed silent. Look at this woman and keep asking. Keep on asking. Verse 26, he, Jesus, answered, It isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus is basically telling this woman, It is not appropriate or, or right for me to do what you're asking to answer your prayers. I mean, this is all the kinds of discouragement, right, for this woman. And yet she keeps on pleading she will not take no for an answer and guys this is powerful 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 prayer stuff making it clear to god god i am never giving up on these prayers ever i am never giving up on on these prayers on seeking you on asking for breakthrough on, on seeking to hear from you god please intervene in my kids life Please help my parents. Please intervene in my personal situation. Please give me guidance on what to do now with my life. Please rescue me. Please save me. Please help me. Please heal me. Please guide me. Please intervene in my life. God, I need help. My way forward is blocked. I need your power, your help, your intervention, your breakthrough. I have nowhere else to go. And because I have nowhere else to go, I am just going to humble myself. And keep bombarding you with prayers and fasting for breakthrough over and over and over for the rest of my life forever. I am never giving up on these prayers. It's powerful. And what happens with this woman? Well, verse 28. Then Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Faith, by the way, is persistent praying. Never giving up on prayers is faith. It's, 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 it's one of the major evidences of faith. Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. Finally, she gets answered prayers. Okay, don't you want breakthrough in your life? My challenge for you today, if you are physically able to do this, is 
Try a five-day fast. If you're able to go five days not eating food at all, humbling yourself before God, not taking silence for an answer, not taking previous um, unanswered prayers as an example, not allowing discouragement to stop you, saying no to fear, and instead bombarding heaven for breakthrough in your life. My challenge for you today is give it a try. And you might think, I'll try it for one day. Trust me, give it a go for five days. You're like, well, I'll give it a go for three days. No, no, no. Give it a go for five days. Not only is it is it great to, to do an extended period of time, you'll find that it makes um, future extended fasting easier to just have that breakthrough moment of five days of fasting. Now, if you're going to give this a go, and I, and I really encourage you to do this, I'm going to give you some fasting tips, just in case you've not done this before. Number one, I encourage you to choose a positive attitude. The natural response to hunger is to become hangry and grumbly. It's okay if your tummy grumbles, but let's not let your heart grumble as well. Choose a positive attitude. You're going to do this, so, so move forward with positivity. Don't moan and groan. Just, just choose to be a positive attitude, uh, full of faith and expectancy. Secondly, I encourage you to carry something everywhere you go to record your thoughts. Any thoughts you have, ideas you have, dreams you have, conversations you have with people that might be playing into your prayer requests, just record them. Don't overthink them. Just record them and write them down. Maybe if you're going to do this on your phone, get a document ready, get an app ready, have it in place, ready, expecting God to be speaking to you. I also encourage you, thirdly, to set aside pre-planned time to pray. This is a special season, a special week. Plan it. Put, your, put in your calendar times where you're going to set aside blocks of time to pray. If you need to get out of your house and walk to get away from people, do that. Do that every week. Maybe get up earlier for that week. Maybe stay up later that week. Maybe also combine fasting with putting away social media during some hours of your day or stopping Netflix or something like that just so you have more strategic time to pray. It is only five days. Maximize them. We are fasting and praying. We're not just starving ourselves. We're fasting and praying. So set aside pre pre-planned time to pray and also write down. And guys, I cannot encourage you enough. Write down before you start what breakthroughs you really want to see God do more than you want food. What are those breakthroughs? What are those answers? What are those revelations? Because so often you're pre-ordering them and they won't happen during the fasting whip, but they will happen as an outflow over the next week or two weeks or month or two months or, or the next extended season of time. I, I find so many people, they, they spend this time seeking, but a few weeks later they forget what they asked God for and then they receive it, but they forgot that that was what they were fasting about and they, they fail to connect the dots. Write down before you get going, what is it? What is is it that you're fasting and seeking God for and keep it handy over the next months to see God's answer. On a practical note, um, if you have any odd symptoms, I get some odd symptoms because when you're, when you're not eating, your, your body is detoxing and actually there's extremely good health benefits to, to, to uh, not fasting for, for say five days, five, seven, 10 days. Um, maybe you get some odd symptoms like, yeah, I've had some sometimes where I've got like some massive boil or two or three, like a, this massive spot, uh, a couple of them. And that's just your body's detoxing. 
And, and, and that's, that's fine. It's funny. It's funny to, to be my age and have like this massive spot like that. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll have like back pain, like, like body aches, uh, back pain. That's normal. The body is detoxing. Actually, it's good for you. Your, your body is, um, your, your unhealthy cells are weakening and being attacked. And, and actually it's, it's just so good for you. But, but anyways, um, because of the detoxing, if you have any weird symptoms or things you're worried about, there's a, a website that I keep checking on and I'm going to tell you what it is. It's detox.net.au, detox.net.au. And the, the actual webpage, and I don't expect you to get this down, but it's, it's four words hyphen together. So it's detox.net.au, fasting hyphen cleansing hyphen detoxification hyphen reactions. <laughs> um, detox.net.au slash fasting hyphen cleansing hyphen detoxification, can't even say it, hyphen reactions. Not that you'll find that, but maybe you'll find it on detox.net.au. Uh, lots of, lots of um, helpful symptoms in case you're wondering. Um, you might also be extra cold in, in the week. Uh, I always have to dress a lot warmer. I wear more more hoodies to bed or whatever. I drink hot beverages. I dig out my hot water bottle. I take hot showers before bed or a bath before bed. I just get much colder, even in the summer. Uh, so you know, you can be mindful of that. Watch your breath. You're detoxing, and a lot of that comes out on your breath. Um, there, there, there's a there's a lot of things uh, to be mindful of when you're when you're when you're fasting and when you're. When you're praying, um, I definitely uh, reduce my exercise and I, I don't push myself physically. You are intentionally humbling yourself, weakening yourself when you're fasting. So just, you know, just be expectant of that and just just roll with it. Roll with it. It's, it's five days for something different than the, my normal exercise uh, routines. And, and, and that's okay. I can just let that go for a couple days as I seek God. Um, my, my basic encouragement, though, for you when it comes to fasting is not to live scared. Don't live in fear. Live bold and go for it. You know, God answers the prayers of those who are bold and go for it. There, there, there's a lot of great reasons not to fast or for not to fast for five days. I've heard of people getting sick, rarely um, getting sick uh, while they're fasting. And if that's if you get sick, uh, stop fasting. You know, eat and, and do what you need to do. But if you're healthy and able, give it a go. And, and consider this, this a challenge for you. Uh, if you're healthy and able, humble yourself get bombarding heaven for breakthrough or listening, uh, putting yourself in a posture to hear what God has for you for this next season. Do you know anybody who is needing breakthrough in their lives or answered prayer? Maybe send them this podcast as a bit of a challenge, as a bit of a gift to them. Now, I would appreciate it if you're finding this podcast helpful to get the word out by sharing it or rating it or reviewing it. Um, if you haven't already done that, maybe subscribing to the, this podcast. Um, I, I am considering this a, a time of mentoring, mentoring you. And I, as your mentor here, am challenging you and calling you to give, uh, this, give this a try. My heart is not just to have a podcast that has spiritual thoughts in it, but to actually see our whole generation reawakened, to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Some people can fumble through this path alone, but everyone does exponentially better with help. All right, guys, see you next time. Uh, give this a go. Blessings on you. All.